As a reminder, we will have our first Hoop Collective live show Friday, December 8th in Las Vegas at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club at the link right there on the strip. Link for tickets, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Wendy Hoop Vegas. That's the link. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Sunday evening. Joining us from New York City. The Upper West Side, not alone in his apartment tonight, Tim Bontos. That is true. My wife is here. Also, Ben McMahon took so long writing after this game tonight. I should have gone to Barclays Center after being at Madison Square Garden to see the wreckage of the latest just disastrous Bulls loss, where it appears the Bulls have had another team meeting of some sorts after getting annihilated by the Brooklyn Nets in the second quarter. So I think I think the good Bulls times have in lost- New York. I think the Bulls have lost seven of their last day. Yes, uh, Bontemps and McMahon were at the Garden today for the Suns' a thrilling victory over the New York Knicks uh, One at one second left. So that means in the next room over, in the seat normally occupied for this podcast by Tim Bontemps. I'm just going to say, McMahon, when I podcasted there earlier this year and I was visiting, I was not afforded the Bontemps seat. I was mm. expelled to the backup podcast position. But joining us from New York City, not yet banned from Tim Bontemps' residence, is Ban McMahon. Howdy, partners. I'm just glad that Bontemps complained about me taking my time, making sure we got things right. You know, you understand why Bontemps' copy looks like it does now. He acts like he's on a <laughs> freaking newspaper deadline for a 6 p.m. tip. But no, this is my maiden voyage to the, uh, to the Bontemps' residence. And right. I found a treasure, boys. I found a treasure. Look at this, folks. That's it, right. This is an official Brian Windhorse Tops card autographed. Autographed. Right. <laughs> Collector's and item. Being the reporter that I am, I did a little bit of digging and I found out that Wendy has a box full of these things right. that I believe I'm in the process of talking to him to bringing to Las Vegas for our live show. What is that? December 8th, Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club, all that kind of good stuff. I'm pretty sure if you buy a ticket to the live show in addition to the dinner and the merch and all that, you will get an autographed Brian One- Wendy Vinthorst. Top I didn't say card. they were all autographed. No, but they will be. Because <laughs> you'll just take that little Sharpie and scribble away. And look, this is the good stuff. This is back when Wendy was a common man. You see the You see that buzz cut? Ain't no product on this thing. Quaff, the quaff Ain't no actually- product on this thing. Yeah, I was very honored. Of, I don't know, it was probably five or six years ago, Tops made a card with me on it. And uh, one of the remarkable things I got to do was they had like a representative from Tops come to a hotel I was at. I think it was during the playoffs. I was in Chicago. I think I was covering a Bulls Heat playoff series. Sorry. And so um, long ago, the Bulls were in the playoffs? No, it was a uh, Bulls-Cavs playoff series. No, the Bulls, no. the Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was definitely a Bulls game. And they like uh, brought, you know, this... Uh, first off, I had to give a an artifact that would be cut up and put into cards. So, <laughs> no, not that particular card. Special edition of them. I don't see any artifact. <laughs> Yeah, well, I wouldn't give Bontemps that. I actually never even got one of those. So, oh, um, hold on. What what artifact did you? I'm more curious <laughs> about what artifact you cut up for these cards. Well, what was that? I just I will just say that um, 
years ago when he's on his first run with the Cavs, one time LeBron did an interview with me where he was doing a signing for upper deck. Like, I guess, I don't know how many times a year, but a few times a year, upper deck, you know, LeBron's been with upper deck for 20 years. They would just bring a whole bunch of memorabilia and he would sign them. Um, There's a whole thing with LeBron's signature. Like he, he signs a signature a couple of different ways. And if he gives like the, the the king logo it's like it's like more meaningful to him and it's worth more whatever but anyway i remember being there when like the upper deck memorabilia guy had like all these shoes and all these cards and all these you know jerseys and everything and watching this guy go through the process of preserving the of each individual signature and you know he had to make you know you can't afford like one to get smudged or you can't afford like the pen to run you know a little bit dry so like the process that they would have. And there was like a camera on the pen to like help verify it. So that was really a, a, an amazing thing that I got to witness. And this was a l- long time ago. Who knows what the technology is now that they use. So when tops came to do with me, I didn't get any of that stuff, but there was a guy there from tops who was certifying that I was actually autographing it. You didn't get one of those certified one bond temps. I just, Ooh, I, I must've just autographed that might one. Have been a phony. This might be a phony. It could be a phone. There's a market for that. There actually is a market for that. Even to this day, uh, I get cards at my house that people want me to sign and send back. They send them back with a, I got within the last two weeks, I got one as a matter of fact, which I haven't signed. Hey, if you, if you want a card, come on out to Vegas. Yeah. Um, We'll see. We'll find them like scattered under the chairs after the show's (laughs) over is what's going to happen. Well, good. Then um, I'll collect them all and put them on eBay the next week. I to answer Bontem's question, I gave the tie that I was wearing mm. on set when LeBron when we announced that LeBron was coming back to Cleveland because I had nothing else I could think of that had any interest, which I bought the day. Did before. you have that? Did you have that like framed somewhere? How did you no, even know I which just, one it was? I mean, I just knew which one it just was remembered? because I bought it at Target. Because uh, sir, that's pronounced Target. Because I had been in Bristol for like 13 consecutive days because the remember that LeBron thing like mm-hmm. stretched all the way out to like July 9th and he opted out like June 26th or something. And I was summoned to Bristol and I was just there for days and days and days on end. And I'd worn every tie I had with me. And there isn't a, a selection of menswear places in Bristol, Connecticut, <laughs> but there is a Target. And I went to Target and literally bought like the four ties that they had. And that was one of them. So it wasn't, it wasn't hard to part with, but I did give <laughs> somewhere out there. I don't even know if they ever did it. Cause I didn't get one, but somewhere out there, there is cards, I believe with cut up, you know, like they cut up. Yeah. It's a little embarrassing, right? Like they, they cut up know, they, game jerseys or whatever. Right, they cut up Victor Webanyama's Jersey. They cut up LeBron's Jersey. They cut up my tie. Supposedly. I mean, I gave it to them. So. I should also clarify, since I said it earlier, the Bull, the Bulls players just voiced frustration after the game. Did not have a team meeting. Just to just oh, to clarify, listen, we got to have our facts meetings. straight. Those team meetings with the Bulls tend to be sticky subjects. Got to make sure that it's real clear. Well, I just I didn't want to miss yeah. uh, misrepresent our guy Casey Johnson's tweet. So that's all. But good uh, times was, in Chicago was, I, was always. I, I was in Chicago last week, and nobody was having a good time. Suns are having anyway. Good times. You guys were today at. Uh, Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker hit a shot with a second left. I didn't see any post-game quotes, so you guys will have to enlighten me. I can't believe that that was the design of the play. Oh, it was. Because he, they knew. They knew that a double But he team... took the shot from a spot where no one would almost ever uh, practice. 
Uh, I wouldn't say that. Listen, I, the the I design of the play was essentially they're going to double, right? They're going to send a second defender at Booker. He's going to get off the ball. And they talked about different ways uh, to get the ball back to him. But it was basically get the ball back in his hands and give him a chance to get a shot up. They felt like any shot that Book could get up would be a good shot. Um, despite the fact he was only 9 of 24 before he took that shot. He didn't have a great shooting night. He played a great floor game, another great uh, assist to turnover game. I think 11 assists, two turnovers, but you know, no KD again tonight. He went through a pretty intense pregame workout, but they there was still some foot soreness, so he sat the second straight night. So basically it was get the ball back to book. He's going to get a shot up. Hopefully it goes in and we win this game. Yeah, yeah I'm sure was- um I'm sure that they wanted Booker to shoot it, but I'm just saying where he shot it from, I can't believe he was his preference. It was like, no, I, I, I think it was, I, I don't think it was that weird. It was the exact same spot on the court, right in front of the Knicks bench at the elbow where Jimmy Butler put up his attempt at a game winning three the other night, a uh, little bit of a different play because book went and got the ball, but I, I thought it was a pretty normal action for him to get it and get the shot there. Thought the Knicks did a pretty good job of contesting yeah. it. There was some debate about Julius Randall's contest. I thought his contest on the shot was fine. Booker was falling out of bounds. I mean, it, you could argue it's a, a rhythm shot for him, but still a really difficult shot. And a great player made a great play, which is more or less what the Knicks said after the game. The much bigger issue on the Knicks side was for a team that is sort of the ultimate try-hard team and is a team of lunch pail guys, they were pretty disappointed that the Suns, without Kevin Durant, without Bradley Beal, basically just outworked them for the vast majority of the game. And, you know, as Tom Thibodeau said, post-game, we were playing with fire all night, and they got burned on the last play of the game by a great player. But the game should not have come down to Devin Booker having a shot to win it. I mean, the, the Suns actually, played well, but... I've, I've actually seen Booker live hit a game winner from pretty close to that same spot right. on the floor. Right. It was right. in Fine. Dallas. I'll, I'll surrender. It was, it was, it was a little higher on the wing, but it was in Dallas. The, you know, the year there were no fans in the stands. It was, it was one of those games. And it was a, that was a perfectly executed play where CP three had the ball, I believe down on the right side of the floor, eight and set a screen Booker came off the screen, going to the right wing, uh, you know, Got the pass, knocked it down. I remember Chris Paul saying, you know, he talked about there was a it was an old Doc Rivers play from the Clippers that Monty took in the in Colorado that time. Um, but this one, it was they they talked he talked with uh, Jordan Goodwin before you know they talked in the huddle and basically said, hey, if you get the pass on the right wing, look the defense off and then come give me the dribble handoff. And it was you know get the dribble handoff, one dribble, two dribbles, a little bit of space let the thing fly. And he told me, he says, for a game winner, I'm feeling like I'm taking that shot unless they super blitz me to where I can't even see the hoop. Any soft touch like that, I feel like if I raise up and I have it on my right side that nobody can really get to it. I know it sounds crazy, but it feels like an open shot. So he was awfully happy with it. He was also ecstatic to hit a game winner in Madison Square Garden. You know, he's a guy who appreciates the history of the game and Looks forward to Madison Square Garden every year. Didn't get to play here last year. That was one of the games that he missed. And, you know, told me he feels like he's part of history now that he hit a game winner in Madison Square Garden. 
Well, when Durant was a scratch, I thought maybe there was a chance that the Suns would lose this game because when Durant has played against the Knicks, he has not lost in a decade. The last time he wow. played in a game where his team lost to the Knicks was in 2013. That's um, but uh, the Suns have now won seven straight games. They are 7-2 and two on the road so far this season. And that has kept them in a good position despite all their injury woes. Um, well, the seven-game streak started when Booker came back from the calf strain after he missed, I forgot how many games in a row, uh, you know, with, with that injury. Like, Booker comes back and they're world beaters. And look, KD lit it up in those first five games. Booker's been phenomenal the whole time. You know, then they go to Memphis. And let's be honest, it's not hard to win in Memphis now. So they go to Memphis. KD sits that one. And you're like, okay. So Katie's a scratch in this one, and you know the Knicks are a solid team. So this was a a, a really big one uh, for the Suns to be able to pull this one out with uh you know with Katie wearing sweats on the sideline. Well, and the Suns are by the way eight and one with Booker in the lineup this season. The only game they lost was that game against the Spurs when yeah. uh, Victor had the game of his season and they won their second Spurs game. Spurs haven't row. won since. Spurs have not won since. That's crazy. And- and the Suns have not lost with uh, Devin Booker since. Yeah. And you know what? Like, we we talked about some of the moves they made this summer and having to kind of, you know, go through the bargain bins. And we said it at the time, but tonight was another reminder. Eric Gordon on a minimum contract is unbelievable value. Uh, you know, I mentioned they were, they were blitzing Booker the whole game, making it tough on him. He was picking him apart with the passing, but was struggling to get clean looks. And and Gordon had 25 points, nine and 13 shooting, just lit it up. You know, Frank Vogel talked about, you know, we have stars, but Gordon's really the guy who kind of gives our offense swag, is the way that he put it. Um, the Suns got a little something cooking. You know, they're they're not a perfect team. They're they've got some concerns that we've hit on. The fact that Bradley Beal still hasn't played a second with Devin Booker in the regular season, and we don't know when he will, to me, is concerning. Um, I asked Booker about that, and he he basically he doesn't think there's going to be any adjustment when Beal comes back. Basically, says, "Hey, he'll fit right in with with KD and me. You know, we're all three level scorers. We all know how to move the ball, et cetera, et cetera." Mm-hmm. You know, I I think the the adjustment when Beal comes back is going to be more. It, obviously, Beal's going to figure out how he fits, but also it will be guys like Eric Gordon, like. What's the rotation going to look like? Where are their minutes going to come? Um, but again, that we're we're still weeks away uh, from all that. They're awfully good just with Booker, KD, and the supporting cast. So Booker's missed eight games. Durant's missed two. I think Beal's missed about fourteen of their seventeen games. Giver, I don't I think, think he's, he's played. In three I think games? he's I think he's played twice. I'll look right now while you're talking. All right. My point is, they've missed all their guys. Some. Mm-hmm including some big chunks and um, they're fifth. They're still fifth in the league in offense, which just tells you right there, what kind of firepower you're dealing with. And believe it or not, they're 18th in defense, which is better than I thought they would be. And well, that could potentially improve. What, uh, I mean, it could. I let's listen. Well, they, they're all brand new playing with each other. I would figure you give them another 20 games. You, you'd give them a fighting chance to improve their defense. Maybe, but Adding Bradley Beal to the mix absolutely makes a potent offense even more potent. I mean, it, you know, you said it on TV. 
this might be the best offense statistically in NBA history when everything shakes out. And and, and we'll see that's still a positive. Whoever has the best offense in the league this year will have the best offense in NBA history. That's right. Exactly going out on a limb. Right now, the Pacers are like <laughs> miles ahead. Bontemps, you but told me the other day, I don't know if it's held um, through the Pacers' last couple of games, but you told me the other day that the Pacers had achieved the status, this incredible status, where they had the number one offensive rating in NBA history and the number DFL, the worst defensive rating in the history I of the told NBA. You they that. had both. Oh, you told me that, McMahon? I told you. Well, whatever it was. It was we were talking about it in our chat. They have, they have improved to 28th. Uh, tie for 28th with Charlotte. Yeah. Six percentage points or six uh, tenths of a point ahead of the Wizards, who have the the worst, the DFL defense of all time. So the, the Wizards are going to be a tough team to beat out for the worst defense of all time. I'm pretty confident saying that. But um, yeah, I was, I was Pacers, Pacers, by the still, way. Pacers still four points better than second place Atlanta uh, per 100 possessions in offense. Yeah. And the, the Suns actually tied for fourth now in offense. 118 per 100 possessions tied with okay. their Christmas guest, the uh, the Dallas Mavericks. But bringing Beal back. By the way, real quick on the Wizards, because we'll never ever talk about them. Mm-hmm. They've lost nine games in a row. Only? That's a, that, that's bad. That's only the third longest losing streak currently going in the NBA. Pistons yeah, I mean, that's, and Spurs. Pistons yes. have 13. The Spurs have 12 after losing tonight. Wow. Yeah. Victor had like 22-11, like four steals and three blocks, though. Whatever that's worth to anybody. Sorry, I I ruined your run. I'm so sorry. That's I, okay. I, I was just saying, bringing Beal back ain't gonna make the defense better. We'll make the offense no. better defensively, and it, it'll be interesting to see like how small they're willing to play. Um, you know, I think Eric Gordon is going to be playing the three a lot, right? I think they'll be playing a lot of of, of three guard lineups, and then it's like they're already not a great rebounding team. Um, but man, they're so potent offensively. They just have to be decent defensively to have a chance to be a contender. They like they don't have to be yeah. a great defensive team. If they're an average defensive team, they're going to be an extremely tough out if their top two guys are healthy. Honestly, Beal's a bonus, huge, huge, huge number for a bonus and long term concerns for that salary and that contract, but. I think you can almost look at Bradley Beal as a as a bonus star for this team because there's not a more potent duo than Booker and KD. And KD is having his statistically his best season as a scorer. It's insane what he's doing. Yeah, and I, and I think you can actually even say their defense has maybe been goosed a little bit by the injuries they've had because they were playing Kevin out there with some very defense-heavy lineups, and he was having to try to carry these groups along. Um, which also wasn't sustainable. They need to have their guys. But yeah, like the two questions we had about this team were, are they going to be able to guard? So far, the answer is not really, uh, at least to the level where they need to be. And are their guys going to be healthy? So far, the answer to that has been they're not. So, you know, there's still a lot of time for those things to change, but we're 20% of the way through the season and their three guys have played zero games together. That is obviously a cause for concern. By the way, uh, Jalen Brunson... Go ahead. Sorry, I misspoke. This is KD's averaging 31.4 would be his second highest scoring season. Highest since the last of his four scoring titles that he had in OKC. I thought he was going to win 10 straight scoring titles, but you know he's hunted to play with some stars and had to share the ball, but he probably could have. He's he also not, he easily could have. He's never wanted to do that. Like he's no, never been a guy to, he, he could have scored 40 a game if he wanted to, but he's just never. By the way, the, the, other, the other day he played his thousandth game 
and um, he has he had more points through a thousand games than LeBron did. Yeah. Now, because of all the injuries, he's never gonna reach the numbers, but his scoring rate was higher than the all-time leading scorer through a thousand yeah. games. Yeah, I, I I thought for a long time he's the most complete scorer ever, just because he could do everything on offense, and he does it all. Yeah, I agree. All I actually, I mean, it's unbelievable. I actually made a bet over beers with a longtime uh, Dallas scribe Eddie Sefko years ago at the was Prince of Wales bar, I believe, in uh, in the Southern California area, and we bet a thousand dollars. That's that's a little higher than we see from sports writers. That was not what I was expecting to hear with a bet with you and Eddie. Well, I said over beers. (laughs) The the, the beers were about as high as uh, Booker's assist tonight, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) But I bet that um, KD would pass Kareem on the all-time score in this. I did did word it like that because I thought LeBron would too. Um, I got that bet. I, I got it reduced the next day to 100. Uh, I was going to say, he's not bringing that up now. No, Eddie let me off the hook. reminding everybody of it, unless he had that bet was renegotiated. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie let me off the hook. It's down to 100. I don't think I'll get there, but you never know. I mean, hey, Katie ain't slowing down. So LeBron hit 39,000 points the other day. And I reminded me that, you know, all the way through, whenever he hit a 1,000 point threshold, 5,000, 8,000, 14,000, 18,000, yeah. he was always the youngest player to ever do it. Mm-hmm. And so that would be an easy story you would write, you know, there'd be some, you know, mid-January game in Minnesota that wasn't otherwise interesting. But hey, LeBron hit 16,000 points, youngest to ever do it. It occurred to me he's also the youngest to hit 39,000. Well, Um, yeah, and he'll be the youngest to hit every single thousand point mark that's ever been hit. Right. Because now and maybe forever. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, because, it, you know, well, no one's ever else. No one else. He's also the oldest hit. 39,000. Anyway, real quick, Jalen Brunson hit a, hit a shot with 20 seconds left in this game. that tied the game up. It was another clutch shot. He had a 35 point game with six rebounds and eight assists that will will be forgotten. He's been on a real hot streak recently. I think he scored over 30 in three of his last five games. I honestly Um, thought that the three, he he got up a desperation, like 32 footer at the buzzer. I thought that thing was going in. It it was, it was, it looked good. It rimmed out. It was a really, it was a really good looking shot, but I, this game today, it really summed up where the Knicks are at, right? Like I said before, they're the ultimate try hard team. They have to play with energy. They have to play with effort. They have to rebound. And they're just too reliant on Julius Randle. The key is just not good enough to get them ultimately yeah. where they want to go. And you saw it today. Like he was, he had one stretch in the final six minutes of the third quarter where he went five for six from the field. McMahon was laughing. He got to see the whole Julius Randle experience in New York. The fans are going berserk for him for those six minutes. Guards going crazy. He's five of six storms. The Knicks storm back in the game. The rest of the game, Julius Randle was five for 15 was not, doing the right things defensively, was not rebounding, was all over the place. And when he plays like that, they're just not that good. And like that's the barometer of their whole team. Before that little hot streak, before that little hot streak, he goes up for a shot and you just kind of hear this like groan, like this consensus groan from the crowd. It was, yeah. Look, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious statement to say that the Knicks are a star away from being a real serious threat. and. You know, we'll see what stars are available. We'll see how aggressive they are. Well, and you saw on Friday, even though they didn't win, you saw Jimmy Butler on the other side 
obviously took them down in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You saw Devin Booker today, like for as great as Jalen Brunson is, and he's great. He's not that level guy. And that's, that's what they're missing. Like you said, they are just so obviously short that guy you're putting on the marquee. And it's like, this is the guy that we're going to in these kind of situations. They're just, that they just don't have that guy. It's why their offense isn't where it really needs to be in those situations and why they have to, you know, it's why Tom Thibodeau after the game is talking about their energy and their effort and their rebounding. Cause like that's, they have to win games like that. They're not going to win yeah. games where they just out talent people. Well, and that's why like, look, there's a, the, the next blockbuster, depending on what your definition is, there's a decent chance that the, the Knicks are the one who are making the deal. Uh, saw a bunch of them this summer, including the Suns, and and the Beal is a worrisome return so far, um, despite the the team success. Um, and you know, I, I would say mixed results on the uh, on the summer blockbuster so far around the league. Wendy, you're on mute, brother. I am on mute. Sorry, I was going to say Brunson. By the way, is shooting um 47 on threes this season, up well he's been over great his career average, and uh, he's doing it on almost seven a game which is also a career high. So he's getting that done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned the blockbusters. If you, if, if we go back, you know, we're about 20% of the way into the season, the Beal trade is, um, is an incomplete right now. I mean, I, I, you can say it's troublesome, but I mean, you can't even really yeah. evaluate it at this point that the sun's made. Obviously the, the bucks made, you know, one of the biggest trades we've seen. in you know, even this recent history of trades, that was big. More hoop collective podcast after this. The Bucks are winning, but they're not being impressive. No, and they just lost in in um, you know Boston the other night. Dame is without question having an impact. I don't have the numbers updated to this moment through today, but um, I looked a couple of days ago, and and the the Bucks last year were the number twenty one. Oh, here we go, McVan. We're going to the clutch. Going to the clutch stats. Ryan's getting in his bag. Same time number, they were number 21 in fourth quarter offense, not just clutch time. No, fourth quarter oh, expanding, expanding. And as of a couple of days ago, they were number two. I will look it up and verify it here in, in a second. In the they, clutch, right? In the clutch this season, as of now, the Bucks seven and two, second in offense, second in defense in clutch minutes. Wow, that's second in defense is interesting. Um, I mean, it's, listen, it's in it's in a very small well, well, even by clutch numbers, Same. I'm just wondering what they're like. How much is Beasley playing in those in those situations? Is is what I'm wondering. There. Well, they're also they've also had a lot of these games against very bad teams. I mean, that's like the thing. Today. They have yeah. like today. Well, that's they, the thing. Their schedule hasn't been their schedule's been favorable so far, and they've piled up a bunch of wins. But like today, they were down 26 points, and um, you come away saying, the "Wow, Trailblazers." Right. As I said and to McMahon earlier today at home, by the way, at home, it's, it's much more worrisome or troublesome that you were down at any point by 26 to Portland than whatever the outcome of the game turned out to be. Like you should not be, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you should not be down 26 to Portland at any point. That said, Dame is giving them what they wanted, which is Dame time. And that has been yeah. happening. Also, their offense has plummeted from fourth to in the 20s. Again, I don't have the updated stats to this second, 
after today, but I think they were 21st or Their defense. You mean what well, I I'm sorry. Their defense yeah. has plummeted from four 20th to, in defense. Okay. So, and by the way, their, their fourth quarter defense was about the same. It was like almost exactly the same as their overall ranking. It was like 21st or 22nd a couple of days ago. So they've all, they've almost exactly flopped. They used to have the fourth best fourth quarter defense as well. And now they got the 20 something fourth quarter defense. They used to have the 21st fourth quarter offense. Now they got the second fourth quarter yeah. offense. So the Dame swap out has worked exactly what we thought it would. It increased their, their offensive floor and lowered their, their defensive floor. Mm-hmm. They're 12 and five. They're 12 and, and five. Way, I mean, that's a very good record. Clutch scoring. Damian Lillard has 56 points this year. Next most on the team is Giannis with 19. Matter of fact, if I was better at math, I could tell you if he's outscored every other butt combined during the clutch, but that'll take me a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, Middleton. 56 guy- to 55. He's outscored every other, all of his teammates combined good in the clutch. Well, look, Middleton hasn't played that much, and Middleton was their clutch guy. So mm-hmm. he's, you know, but he was their clutch guy because it was kind of sometimes hard to go to Giannis. Yeah. Um, and by the way, Beasley is uh, ranked fourth on that team in clutch minutes. Uh, looking at that, he's just above Jay Crowder, which is a reminder. He's playing out of necessity, Beasley, in those situations, not because they want him to, because Middleton's been unavailable, whether he's been sidelined altogether, just on a minutes restriction in some situations. Crowder's out for a while. Um, I, t- I just, I think there's not a championship ceiling on this team if Malik Beasley's playing major minutes and closing games. He might be the worst defensive starter in the NBA. Hmm. Well, he's he's playing. He's going to be playing a lot of minutes and closing a lot of games, and has been the whole time. I mean, that's this is the this is the problem. I mean, it's what starter in the NBA. I mean, you, you could you could argue that the guy playing next to him is in the same category. He, he's possibly. certainly the worst defensive non-star starter in the NBA. Hmm. I. I yeah, think about I'd have that. To, I'd have to think about it, but but either way, he's not good on defense. There's no arguing that. And yeah, I mean, look, you you look at the team they're competing with, the Celtics. I mean, they're in, you know, they're they're in the top five in defense or in the top ten in offense. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the the sort of ballpark you're supposed to be in if you're a title contending team. And the Bucks, you know, to this point, have not looked like a team that's going to be able to guard at a high level. Um, and that's with Giannis basically playing and with Brooke Lopez playing as well as he has, you know, in a long time. And he's been playing well for a long time. Like he, he was the reason that they were competitive in the, in the Boston game. He was, he looked like 2013 Brooke in the paint again. Um, you know, so yeah, it's, it's been a, I would say it's been a concerning start. Bucks have had the sixth easiest schedule in the league. And that was, I believe, before today's game against Portland, who obviously is not going to raise your strength to schedule at this point. And yes, they have got these wins. They have filed them up. That is good, but they have not been very convincing in doing it. And, you know, certainly when they played the Celtics the other day, yes, the Celtics sort of turned off down the stretch and that game got a little closer mm-hmm. than it should have, but you didn't come away from that game thinking Milwaukee is going to be able to go toe to toe with them in a series. At least I didn't. Unless no, there's some things change on their end. Well, they're going to have to get significantly better defensively. Uh, Middleton's durability concerns are alarming. Um, yeah, the Achilles and, and, Achilles soreness now causing him to miss a game and a half now, and 
probably longer is not that's not a great thing to hear for a guy with a bunch of leg injuries either. Yeah, and then offensively, the I, I think the one thing that I really misjudged was how I thought it was going to be just a really easy fit with the honest and Dame, just looking at their skill sets and how they would complement and, and enhance each other. It it hasn't been just you know easy like that. It hasn't they they it's not like they just you know okay hey boom here we go. I still think those guys are going to be an awesome offensive duo. Um, and, and by that, I mean like playing off of each other. Um, but th- that's not what's happening to this point right now. By the way, it's Malik Beasley's birthday today. Well, sorry. I can't Malik. believe that you call him the wor- one of the, the worst. He turned 27 years old today. And for his 27th birthday, you called him the worst off the defensive starting player in the nba i just want well, you well know when takes me to one of these city slicking bars then we'll uh we'll, we'll have a toast to him how's that hey Bontemps, just get him liquored up a little bit and start trying to make thousand dollar bets with them because apparently drink, that's when it happens I don't drink liquor i don't have to i don't have to get McMahon liquored up to take money off him in bets so no there's not going to be listen there's not going to be there's not going to be devin booker cis total type of beers it's going to be one or two and off to I sleep see. we go. It's a late, it's a late night because he took so long writing his story. Well, listen, some of us um, are professionals and care about the words we slap on a page. So I think if you combine the Porzingis Drew Holiday trades, that definitely counts as a blockbuster for the oh, Celtics. I, I I'd say so. Separately, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a pretty high standard for the term blockbuster. I'll just say I see these things get called blockbuster trades, and they're like with you know. So Third you're saying players. when the Bulls eventually move off of Zach Levine, that will not qualify. Well, depends on who's in the deal, but um, probably. But um, <laughs> sir, you anyway. think the returns can be a blockbuster? Come on. I'm just um, saying I don't I don't know what I don't know. Um, but you know, obviously, I know. The Celtics. Yeah, you do know. I, I know. Yeah, I know. It won't be a blockbuster. Uh, the Celtics um, beat the Hawks um, on Sunday by ten. Porzingis has been terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, he is out right now for a short, hopefully short time with a calf injury. Uh, also, Drew Holiday has been out with an uh, ankle injury. Did he play? Yeah, today? he he did not play. Uh, yeah. Delano Banton started. Uh, our pal Abby Chin from AC Boston, I checked with her to see exactly what Joe Mazzulla said, which was just that he will be checked out in a week. Um, but sounds like he got an MRI. It sounds like it was a minor deal Porzingis from his did. standpoint. Yeah, Porzingis, not, not Drew Holiday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Drew. I think Drew could be back pretty soon here. Um, yeah. And yeah, they've they've looked really good. I mean, they've had a couple hiccup games. Obviously, they they had a rough second half and lost to Orlando um, in the in season tournament on Friday. We'll talk about the Magic in a little bit. But I, I think so far, if you're the Celtics or a Celtics fan, you got to feel really good about the way the first month of the season has gone. Chemistry there has been great. These mm-hmm. guys are all on the same page about how this is going to go. Porzingis has been in a fantastic mood the whole time. I think he's fit in great there. We were talking about during the game. I think yeah. he really is comfortable being in Boston, being in back in the limelight again after being in purgatory the last 18 months in Washington, and in particular how he got sent to Washington where – it was a couple of not great contracts going to Dallas and Dallas even sent a second round pick to the wizards mm-hmm. in the deal. Like I, I think, you know, getting out of that situation and now being able to choose to go to the Celtics 
on a great team that's got a chance to win. He has seemed really energized from the moment camp started. And Drew Holiday has fit in seamlessly. He and Derek White might be the two best. We talked about the worst defensive card before Malik Beasley. Derek White and Drew Holiday might be the two best defensive guards in the league, and they're playing together on the Celtics. So, like, this team is in, I think, really good shape. And if they could keep those six guys healthy, they're going to be awfully tough to beat for anybody next spring. We'll just think about today. I mean, the Hawks are a potent, you know, reasonably the team that you can't mess around with. They're a really and damn good offensive team. Second excellent. in the league, second in the league to the Pacers, in part because Trae they Young, played one of the most absurd games of all time last Tuesday in the season tournament. <laughs> right. Well, Trey Young hasn't had the best shooting season, but he's having a very good year and he had a very good game today and they have a lot of depth. But, you know, the Celtics are missing two guys who mm-hmm. could be all-stars this year and they, you know, win by 10. And by and the way, Derek White, Derek White had 15 points, 11 assists, three steals, plus 29 in a game they won by 10. I wonder if he should be an NBA rank next year. <clears throat> I would, I would say he probably should be. <laughs> More Hoop Collective podcast after this. All right. Speaking of the team that beat them on Friday, the Orlando Magic, the Orlando Magic. One today for their seventh consecutive win. It's the longest winning streak they've had since the 2010-11 season. Wow, a um, lot has a lot has changed since then. Like that's a stat that you you hear and you're like, okay, well, how long was winning streak? 12, 17, 11? No, seven. That said, I'm not taking anything away from them. We'll see where the numbers shake out again. I don't have the exact up to date stats. I have um, them right here. What do you want? Well, coming into today. The Houston Rockets, McMahon, were the number one defensive team in the league. So the Rockets, magic today. the Rockets, the Rockets and Wolves are tied ah. for the top defense in the league, and the Magic at one hundred six point eight, and the Magic are at one hundred seven flat, two two tenths of a point per hundred possessions back. All right. Well, a couple of things about the Magic. We all we very really talk about, but they have demanded our attention at twelve and mm-hmm. five, seven consecutive wins. They are missing two starters. Wendell Carter has a foot injury, and Markel Fultz has been out, I think, eight or nine games. He has not played in this in this win streak. Neither has Wendell Carter. So that's two of their starters they're missing during this streak. By the way, their next two games are with the Wizards. I don't want to make any assumptions, but their their next two games are against a team with a nine-game losing streak. So they have a chance to extend this. Certainly, certainly should be a nine-game winning streak if they're serious about taking a step forward this year. As a, as a side note, Lonzo Ball, uh, not Lonzo Ball, Lamelo, Lamelo Ball, got injured again today with a foot injury and couldn't put any weight on his foot as he was coming off the court. Which last year, you remember, he had a series of ankle injuries that basically derailed his whole season. Well, this is the same. Great. This is the same ankle that he had surgery on ended his season last year, and he was late even getting started in training camp when they landed on. So certainly, hopefully. I certainly hope the, that Lamelo's ankle isn't isn't too bad, but that was a, a rough looking injury tonight. When you watch it, it doesn't look like a normal ankle turn. He almost like sort of twists his foot. So they I call it a right ankle strain. That was a little concerning to me. Yeah, I don't know, but he couldn't. He literally had to be carried off the court. So yeah, that yeah. was uh, upsetting. Obviously, if you're a, um, a Lamelo or Hornets fan. Anyway, so the Magic have defended very well. They're on this winning streak without two of their starters, but 
one of the things that's been impressive to me is they have a very focused offense attack. They go at the paint. They are in the top five in paint scoring. I think they had over 70 points in the paint today, although Charlotte's defense is horrible. They get contributions from up and down the lineup. When they beat the Celtics the other day, it was Mo Wagner who had 27 points. Um, they got 30 points from Cole Anthony off the bench today. Paolo Bancaro has, I think, scored over 20 in like five or six consecutive games. He's having a very strong second season and filling up the stat sheet. Today, he had 23, 7, and 8. Franz Wagner had 30 today. Jalen Suggs is playing very well defensively. Jalen yeah, Suggs is also hitting 36% of his threes on four a game. Jalen mm-hmm. Suggs is shooting 36% or better from three. The Magic are going to be cooking with gas because Jalen Suggs yeah. is a fantastic defensive player. And if he can hit anywhere near that kind of rate consistently going forward, he he is turning into a heck of a player. Here's how good of a defensive player Jamal Mosley thinks Jalen Suggs is. And uh, obviously, I know Mosley well from his time in Dallas. Knew we were going to talk about him, so I gave Mosley a call today. Said Suggs is all defensive first team, in his Humble opinion. Brand. He says he rem- – no, I'm just saying, like, like, try to do a little bit of homework. You guys might want to. Well, I had breakfast with uh, Jamal Mosley in Abu Dhabi, and we talked about their pick-and-roll defense. I'm just kidding. I mean, I did. (laughs) Anyways, he said he reminds me of Gary Payton, of Marcus Smart, or a young Pat Bev. Nothing short of elite. And, you know, Gary Payton, Marcus Smart, the last two guards to win Defense Player of the Year. That's the people he's putting Suggs in a conversation with. And, you know, Mosley is obviously just – he doesn't want to get wrapped up in wins and losses because me either. Well, listen, understandably for him though, because this is still very early in the, they're kind of past the rebuild part. And now they're in the building part, right? They've got phase like, two. I was going to say we're in I phase know, two, hey, phase two, these phase two defenses. They are, might be, they might be in phase three though. Cause they're really, they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> they might've skipped a phase. But you look at this roster, there are two guys in the roster who are older than 26, Gary Harris and Joe Ingles, who basically is like a, a coach on the f- floor. You know, when they signed Joe Ingles, I was like, really? Why? Because and, they want they want yeah. that kind of like IQ, competitive character. They want a vet for 20-year-old Anthony Black to, to look at, for... You know, even 21-year-old Paolo Bancaro, 22-year-old Franz Wagner, 22-year-old Jalen Suggs, 23-year-old Cole Anthony. I mean, like, it's a super young team. And the thing that Mosley is just ecstatic about, he feels like these guys care about winning, high IQ, and, like, they have bought into let's be an awesome defensive team. And it's one thing for, like, a a, a Jalen Suggs or – you know, even an Anthony Black. He says Anthony Black is six eight without the hair, but he thinks Anthony Black can be like he basically says he does some things defensively I haven't seen before. Like they've got some guys who are just stud defenders. But look, Franz Wagner wasn't considered any kind of like like when he was in the draft process, his defense was a concern. The the biggest concern about Paula Bancaro was what positions is he going to guard? And both of those guys have worked to become guys who you can you know you can be switchy with like they've embraced being these multi-position defenders and i like honestly the numbers with uh with paulo and and franz on the floor together offensively this year aren't great 
And so I was kind of asking like, Hey, you know, what, what do you think about that? And he kept going back to like, dude, are you seeing the way these guys are buying in on defense? Like they care about winning. I don't care what the, you know, small sample size offensive numbers say, essentially. Uh, he does like the way that they, they communicate the way they're kind of, he gave me an example of like down the stretch of their win against Denver where um, they run a same play for Franz a couple of times. It works. And then he says to Paulo, Hey, they're going to guard it this way. Let's run this counter, boom, bucket for Paul. So he likes the way they're communicating, talking to each other. Um, tonight they combined for 50 points and nine assists. Now it was against the Charlotte Hornets, but uh, still. But again, to, to get two potential star type of players to care that much about defense at that young of an age, that that's pretty significant. Yeah, he's done an awesome job with that group top to bottom. You mentioned how young the team is like Goga Patadze is a former first round pick by the Pacers. Yeah. Walked off the scrap heap. Wendell Carter Jr. You know, they get off to this good start. Wendell Carter Jr. Hurts his hand. Like, yeah. oh man, that stinks. Magic. Probably well, I said his foot. I, I was his hand. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's got That's a hand ass. issue. And you're like, oh, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit of a bump in the road for them. And he's got Goga Patadze in the lineup playing great. Like he's done a great job coaching up these young guys getting them to buy in on defense, getting them to play together and hard. And I mean, it's just, it's been really fun to watch. And just the last few days, they, they take out the Celtics on Friday. They play Denver at home. You know, obviously Denver has been scuffling lately, but still got the defending Mm -hmm. champs and Nikola Jokic and they go down the stretch and beat them. Suggs gets into it with Jokic when they're both going for a loose ball and jumps up and is screaming at the crowd. Like it, it's been a really fun team to watch and to see a young group like this, especially as you said, Brian, I mean, this team has been irrelevant basically oh. from the moment they traded Dwight Howard until now. And yep. it's been, yeah, they eked into the back end of the playoffs a couple of years ago, but they were, no, but those teams were irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, the then, only relevant right. thing about those magic teams were they were, they were the ones playing the bucks when the bucks didn't play the game in the bubble. That's like the most relevant thing the Magic have been involved in <laughs> I, since. I didn't even trade. remember that. You were there. Yeah, I, and, I didn't yeah. remember that. And then I mean, credit that, to yeah. credit to the Magic, uh, and, and and you know their front office. They realized, hey, the ceiling for that edition of the Magic was first round exit, and they blew yep. it up. They got a phenomenal return for Vucevic. You know, I don't think they got a great return uh, for Aaron Gordon before that, but they they are still owed a pick from. Uh, I think it's. Starts in 2025, top five protected from Denver. But um, like they got RJ Hampton that deal. That that deal didn't work know, out, but it but doesn't the, matter. The, they got they got so they, much in the other trade that it was fine. Yeah. And that was all, like they chose, like, hey, uh, being stuck in the middle is not where we want to be. Let's blow this thing up and start over. Now they've got a really intriguing young core that's proven that they're going to compete. Um Mosley, the the one thing he asked me not to do was to give him too much credit, but I am going to say he absolutely has to be considered an early front runner for coach of the year. I mean, are you kidding me? Who had the Orlando Magic? Not me. At, at twelve and five. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, look, we is... thought we thought they'd be a team that if everything broke right, they could they could push to be in the, the top half of the playing mix, and maybe if it all broke right, maybe they could get to sixth. Like yeah. if the young guys all take a step for them to be, obviously it's early, like you said, but for them to be up there at the top of the Eastern conference, 20% of the way through the season, like he's done a phenomenal job, especially with the injuries they've had. It's been, yeah. it's been super fun. And it's still my, well, so, you know, let's, 
they still could land in that six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, range, that'd be fine. Be a, a massive step forward for a, a young core with a lot of opportunity for growth. And, and because listen, Mosley's background, he he earned his way in the NBA as a development guy. So, you know, that's that's still the focus in Orlando. Yep. So you, you've uh, uh Bontemps, you've talked about how um how cool it is for the in season tournament that the Pacers are going to advance and they have they have going to have a home game um in the quarterfinals next week. Um, Might be playing Orlando. Well, here's the thing. So Orlando is actually it was interesting. So they beat, they beat Boston on Friday. That completed their in season tournament games, and the, it was funny. Like um, Mo Wagner and Paolo Bencaro came to the post-game press conference i watched it and they were like hey where are we at like i don't know he said we were just talking in the locker room they were all like wait a minute we're we're in good shape here they They went three and they went three and one the celtics and the nets are behind them they're both two and one the and the tiebreaker situation there the the magic lost to the nets beat the celtics but the thing about what we're you're going to hear a lot about in these next few days um is point differential because that's going to be the big tiebreaker is what you're doing the tiebreakers tonight, and it was a lot of writing. I think it was 1600 oh words. Of oh, he, did, he did it super fast, too. Boy, let me tell you, he was <laughs> I did it. I did it. I did it faster than you wrote your news, or I bet. After okay, well, then I, you're better prepared to talk about this. But I will say to you yeah. that the magic are at plus 22, so they're in very good shape to yes. advance. If the, um, if the Celtics, if the Celtics don't, the, the Celtics need to beat the Bulls by at least 23 points in their game, which could happen. <laughs> which could happen certainly could yeah. happen but uh, the celtics yeah, and in, the nets pretty good shape. yeah in that group the celtics and the nets are still alive so we'll see what the magic i think the magic are in good shape to advance but you know they got some stuff let's just let's just real hey, quick go through of these. phase two if the rockets win in dallas which may or may not have their well, hold on just, just wait McMahon. No, we're gonna go okay, through we're gonna bad. go through Excuse real quick me, buddy i'm covering right, freaking right. group title well you're jumping on to like west group b and i want to start with these well, it's a, your so podcast so you just tell us what to and do and i certainly will Okay. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. I'll get you to that. I'll get you to that bar in a minute here. Just hold your horses. I just partner. wanted one of those autographed cards. I can't believe you sent one to Bond Timps and not me. That you, just tells I me don't I think am. I said, I, you know, you, you know, your Listen, honor, to get, as far to as get, I remember, I did not get, send it to him. As far as you remember. Since then, you could have hand delivered it to me on numerous to, occasions. To get this back on track, would you like me to go through the groups and say who is still alive in each group? Yes. Other? Yes. Go okay. through the groups and tell oh, us the in wow. season tournament the responsible one. pool play ends on Tuesday. Tuesday. And so, all the games, I will say, all it it's it's been interesting. I think there's only been one game uh to once again bag on the Bulls. I think there's been one game of all the group play games that was totally irrelevant, which was the uh the Bulls Raptors game on Friday, which ironically led to DeMar getting ejected because he was mad about uh, Pascal Siakam shooting a three at the end because the and Raptors bench was like, at, we need to get our point differential higher. And then DeMar got <laughs> very mad about it. Darko yells at him, in-season tournament. <laughs> IST. And they were already, but the best part was in the afternoon when the when the Celtics lost, uh, both of them were eliminated from the tournament. So the, Listen, uh, here's my just, suggestion. I think teams should practice those meaningless garbage time Last second shots for next year's in season tournament and the unwritten rule just be smashed into smithereens. That's I will say suggestion as I a have. very 
as a total aside, before I run through this, it has been interesting because point differentials has never been a thing anyone's talked about before. It has made the end of these games much more interesting having this. I think it's something that the NBA might want to consider as a tiebreaker going forward. And some people talk about point differential, you know, who talks about it? Gamblers. Well, (laughs) yeah, but I mean, but I do mean that like, I mean, yes, that's the spread, but I just mean in general, like if teams have to play to the end of these games more often, like it would potentially make the end of games a little more interesting, even if you're saying sprinkle it in as a tiebreaker. By the way, the most dominant team in the, in the IST so far has been the Lakers and their point differential was plus they're done. They're done in advance. We'll host their point differential was plus 70. Four. I got a better way to sum that up. So the Lakers, as you said, they're almost certainly going to be the number one seed. They're almost certainly going to play the Suns in a rematch in the wild card game in LA on the far the quarterfinal game on the fourth or fifth. The only way that won't happen is if the the, the Kings beat the Warriors. Kings are three and zero. Kings would have to win that game by forty six points to be ahead of the Lakers. That's how dominant in terms of point differential and how much they rolled through the group. That's a good. That's how good the Lakers were, but. Mm. East Group A, you said the Pacers, they're 4-0. Tyrese Halliburton will be hosting a quarterfinal game. We'll get to play on TNT for the first time. That's yes. done. Brian's favorite team, Northeast Ohio's own, Cleveland Cavaliers. They are 2-1. and one. They are plus six point differential. They got to win by a good amount against the Atlanta Hawks, probably, to have a chance to advance. They're not playing great right now. And Donovan Mitchell's playing through an injury, and he's not played good the last few games. They did beat the Raptors Sunday. Yeah, won a competitive game. In Group B, Bucks are three and zero, playing the Seventy Sixers have been uh, eliminated, by the way. Eliminated, yes, they have. Everybody else in the group is eliminated. Bucks and Heat play in Milwaukee uh, on Tuesday. Um, Bucks are three and zero. Heat are two and one. Uh, all three teams with the Knicks. Knicks are playing the Hornets, probably without Lamelo at the Garden. Uh, Bucks currently have very high point differential. Bucks win; they'll be the first seed. If all three teams end up tied, well, there's point differential basically to determine it. But if the Knicks win by a lot against the Hornets, one way or the other, the Knicks have a very good chance of making it into the um, into the knockout round, either as the division winner or as a wild card team. Yeah, that Jimmy Butler three that you mentioned earlier that could have gone or not um, at the Garden um, was a Friday, Friday night. night. Yeah, that very well could determine. Uh, the spot totally in season tournament. Well, yeah. and 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 Devin Booker, by the way, banked in a three at the end of Grizzly Suns on Friday night, and Larry Nance had a dunk with two seconds to go in their game against the uh, the Clippers for the Pelicans. The Pelicans, yeah. If that That's shot right. hadn't gone in, the the Pelicans would have the wild card, t- and the the Suns would be out. So running the, up the, the score is thing has fun. Been funny. It's like taunting after dunks. More fun is better for everybody. Yeah, less hurt by hanging on the rim because there's been a whole bunch of hanging on the rim. We got to get those. We told told you my three second rule: three seconds after you dunk the ball, you can do whatever the hell you want as long as your pants stay. It might be, it might be the best idea you've ever had, McMahon. We got to get rid of this. We got to get rid of this uh, hanging on the rim thing. It's stupid. There's been a thousand texts for it. Uh, Group C, we talked about it some. Magic plus twenty two already done at three and one. Celtics play the Bulls. Nets play the Raptors. Bottom line is both those teams have to win by a lot. To have a chance to advance, if neither if they both don't, um, Orlando's got a good chance to advance. They all beat each other, so if Boston loses to Chicago, um, there's a chance that Brooklyn could just win the group if they win. But we don't need to get into all that. Talk about the Lakers; they're four and zero. They're going to be posting a quarterfinal game 
unless the Wolves win by 38 against the Thunder, which I think is unlikely, though it's possible, I guess. And if the Warriors beat the Kings by 30, also probably not going to happen. Phoenix will be playing the Lakers in the one quarter final. McMahon said it earlier. Rockets in Dallas, right, McMahon? Yes, sir. Tuesday, Rockets in Dallas, Tuesday night. Mavericks are out. But the Rockets. I don't know if we're going to see their in-season tournament court. It's the one that has not been used. Yeah, we'll see. A lot of drama there. The only drama for the Dallas side of it. Well, and although Luca got banged up, is Luca going to play in that game? Uh, uh, Ohm wrote on that. Uh, X rays negative. Source told Ohm that he's good. It's his left thumb. He's played through worse. So if the Rockets, if the Rockets win that game, they beat the Pelicans. So the Rockets will be in the quarterfinals. If the Rockets lose, the Pelicans will win the group and they'll be in the quarterfinals. And then in the final group, West Group C. Uh, Sacramento's 3-0. They're hosting the Warriors. Uh, rematch of the, obviously, what was a great series last year. And I think, I'm pretty sure these teams already had one game come down to a Steph shot this year, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, the, the Warriors beat them by a point earlier this month at home. So that game is in sack. Uh, that if wasn't the Kings a Steph win, shot. That was, the, that was Clay's game winner. Oh, that was right. That's right. Clay yeah. Clay went around. Clay hit the, the jumper in the lane. Um so the know. Kings, Kings are uh Kings are hosting the Warriors. Kings win that game, they'll win the group and they'll host a quarterfinal game. If the Warriors win uh and Minnesota loses to Oklahoma City, Golden State will win the group in advance. And if all three teams win, again, it comes down to point differential. So we'll see how all that shakes out. The Timberwolves the are not in the greatest shape. The point, yeah, the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves have to win by a bunch. The Timberwolves must have had a a bad in-season tournament loss that I'm not aware of because they're they're two and one, but they've got a negative point differential. So that hurts them in terms of advancing. Uh, yeah, they lost they lost on Friday. They played the Kings and they they uh they lost by 13. Oh, that was the where Kings. they had their uh yeah, that was where they so uh, give us your uh, your, your BPIST Bond Temps projected in-season tournament quarterfinals. That's a good question. Uh BPIST, so I like that. B pissed. <laughs> It's good you figured that out on the fly. Uh, Pacers obviously are in. I I feel pretty confident the Knicks are going to be in. The Knicks obviously, especially with this Lamelo injury, if they take care of business against Charlotte, it's going to be pretty difficult without getting into all the machinations about the tiebreaker stuff. It's going to be pretty difficult for them to be in a spot where they're going to they're it's going to be pretty difficult for them to be in a spot where they're not going to get in. So I'll say the Knicks get in. And I'll say the Bucks probably get in one way or the other, um, either as a wild card uh, or as the other team. And I think Orlando's going to get in. I think Orlando will win. I Because if the Celtics, let's say the Celtics win by 35 against Chicago, it won't matter if the Nets beat lose to the Raptors at home. And I, I think Toronto probably would win that game, if I had to guess. So if I'm picking there, I'd say probably Orlando. So that's what, Orlando, New York. Milwaukee and Indiana. And then Western Conference, I would say obviously the Lakers and Suns are going to be playing in the one game. Probably better question for you. Do you think Houston's going to win in Dallas or not? Uh, what's Houston's road record? It is 0 and something. 0 and 5. So, I'm not going to predict that the Rockets, I have to deal with people in Dallas too much to say the Rockets are going to get their <laughs> first road win of the season. It would, be, it would be fun. It would be fun if they came in. I mean, look, that's going to be fun either way. You either get this fun Rockets team in phase two, Rocket and yeah. Roland, 
Or you get Zion and the Pelicans, <laughs> who played really well. Um, Rockets had a huge comeback a couple weeks ago in, I believe that game was in New Orleans. I don't remember if it was in New Orleans or yeah. Houston. But, and then you're guaranteed um, to have some star power, assuming it's Lakers. Well, it was not yeah. in New Orleans. I'll tell you that right now. Was it in was it in Houston that comeback? Oh, game? Houston oh that's right. No, they haven't. That's right. Damn, I'm an idiot. Yeah. They haven't won uh they haven't won on the road yet. So they had a huge comeback down the stretch in in uh in Houston. Fred Van Vliet hit a bunch of threes, stole that game. Otherwise, Pelicans might have been hosting a quarterfinal for sure. And then yeah, I think I think Golden State, I'm gonna guess Golden State beats Sacramento and gets that other other division. McMahon, do you think like um Jason Kidd gives the Mavericks a pep talk before the game. Like, come on, guys. I know it's uh, November 28th. You can do it. Keep these Rockets out of the in-season tournament quarterfinals on three, team. Actually, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revise that. The reason I say that, I'm going to say Sacramento's going to win because it reminded me, I'm pretty sure I saw that Mike Brown talk to these guys about the money that they can win and that like what's available here. And that like, they're trying to win these games. So there's also this factor. Mike Brown enjoyed his guest appearance on the hoop collective so much that he's heard. (laughs) We've got a live show on Friday. And I bet you that if the Kings are in the mix, I bet you we got a decent shot of getting Mike Brown to come on. That would be, that would, that would be Um, great. But no, I don't, I don't think – I think Jay Kidd's much more focused on the Texas State Championship. Well, I tell you what, you know, you if the Mavericks could win themselves a Texas State Championship that year, then you got some bragging rights. Listen, The two-horse race been, this year. It was, but it was a one-horse race last year. None of them made the playoffs. That's, <laughs> yeah. all gotta, that's all you got to know about that. Uh, but, hey, listen, it is what it is. Um, all right, well, we'll, uh, we'll get some IST action on Tuesday, and we'll see uh, how that uh, – that shakes out. Thank you for that comprehensive report. You educated me, Bontemps. Um, might have be been a, too much be information. Whole, but... Well, it's it's very it's it's too complicated. The problem with only having four games is there's not enough time to separate uh, these teams. So you get it gets pretty insane from a tiebreaker standpoint pretty fast. Yeah, but does a lot of math quickly too. I mean, I it takes me a while to add up to fifty five. He's doing all this stuff. Yeah, but. This is kind of what you want. It, it's kind of if you have the Bucks and the Lakers and the Magic and the Pacers. Yeah. Oh, I think kinda, it's been great. I that's think it's kind of what you're looking for, right? Isn't totally. That, isn't that totally? Yeah. I think it's well, been yeah, great. And, yeah, and like we talked about before, like it can be a great showcase for like a young star, like a Halliburton or a Palo or a Deer and Fox. But then you know, let's be honest, you want. A LeBron or, or a book KD or a Giannis Dane, like you, you need some old established star power there too to draw the eyeballs. Yeah, and look, if the Knicks there, make it in, that'd be like it would be awesome for the Knicks to be, quite frankly, look, to be in it. Totally. Hey, they've got I mean, plenty look, of room for banners in that arena. I was there today. <laughs> look, you got you got a guarantee of having LeBron or KD in Vegas, which is great for the league. You've got a really good shot at having it. Booker, Tyrese excuse me, sir. Booker is one putting together the sure. MVP. You campaign. can you can have you could sure Booker is great too. I just meant like you're having I know I'm big star big stars there. You got Halliburton hosting first ever game on TNT. Got a chance for the league's most exciting offense and flammable defense to be in Vegas putting on a show, which would be great. Rick Carlisle's facial expressions. <laughs> You've got <laughs> you know like in that in that 
Sacramento, Golden State, Minnesota division. You're going to get either Steph or Edwards or De'Aaron Fox in this thing. You could get mm-hmm. Zion in it. You know, we've talked a ton about Shangoon on this pod. You get a guy like him uh, in this tournament would be great. I don't think Shangoon's going to going to draw eyeballs. No, but, but I but uh, I do think that for a league that's trying like this whole thing, let's be honest, it's a marketing thing, right? Yeah, you're going to get a absolutely. chance to. It's going to be a nice mix, well, almost certainly, of young, exciting teams and established stars, which I think is great. I think it's been a fun. I think it's been a fun thing. All right, now well, we get a live well, show out, out of it too. Live show in Vegas. All right, February eighth or February eighth, December eighth, maybe February two. Who knows? That's that. that I think February eighth is the trade deadline. It, All it, right, gentlemen, off to the uh, adult establishment. Thank no, you for listening. We're going to a. No, no, don't say it like that. Don't. <laughs> no, sir. IT <laughs> department does not want to hear that phrasing. Oh, I'm sorry. Off to the. Um... Going to a bar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I believe only adults are allowed. All right. Um, thank you to Jackson for producing. Thank you to McMahon and Bontemps. Thank you for listening to Hoop Collective. We'll be back talking to you in a couple of days when we'll have some IST information for you. Adios, amigos.